Wise Men Say podcast deep in the heart of Newcastle tonight. The most mag- Maggie Magcast we've ever done. Um, undisclosed location though, we'll keep that a bit of a secret. I'm Roy Fallow here with Craig Clark, an intimate one tonight, Craig, just me and yourself. Um, we will have Tom Walsh doing a way guide at some point, but yeah, a bit of a Wise Men Say semi originals this one, isn't it? Yeah, there's only been a couple where there's been two of us, but. Um, I what you were saying about being deep behind enemy lines. I, I think it's unfair us to promote Newcastle pubs. <laughs> Only promote Sunderland pubs like the Harbour or like Fausto or wherever else we've done things in the past. The Peacock, yeah, just feel Port free. Ball, you know, yeah, just yeah, all yeah, all these yeah. great venues. That the you ISIS as well. To. The ISIS, all these pubs you should go to. Not ones in Newcastle that we only only here because we're both like work here. So yeah, exactly, that's that. We haven't like came here especially. That would be ridiculous given that neither of us live in Newcastle. Um, but we're here to preview the MK Dons game, chat, do a little bit of transfer chat as well as as looking over injuries, stuff like that. Likely team, um, and like I say, Tom has got a lovely away day, guys, coming up. We've missed them actually. He hasn't done one for a while. They're always good, good little interludes, I thought. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, we won't have some music with it, which we have in the past, which have really added to the flavour, I feel. Well, maybe we will. Whoever's editing this tonight, be it Gareth or Richards, there you go, there's a little challenge for you. We'll keep this in the <laughs> podcast as well. Um, but Phil Parkinson took his pre-match press conference today, which is very handy for us. Um, injury-wise, only thing he really had to say, unless something's been reported in the last few minutes, is that Tom Flanagan is thankfully back in training, which, after the way the back the three centre-halves are looking at the minute, Craig, definitely good news, isn't it? Yeah, you don't want to lose Flanagan. I think he's performed really well. Um, he looks much more composed with the additions of not just one partner. He's got like two next to him. I think it helps his game a lot, and he's all very good. I have no complaints. Lynch has looked like an able deputy, and he does bring balance with his left-footedness. But I'd rather Flanagan in the team at the moment because you want to keep that team as settled as possible. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And what you said on the reaction pod on Saturday about how we're playing with the sort of Sheffield United, Chris Wilder, flying centre-halves, which um, John Willis obviously does very well. But Flanagan likes a, a little marauding run himself now and again, doesn't he? Well, he, I know his goals tend to come from corners, but he does foray forward. He likes, he's got this odd kind of... He gets off on one, like a run, and he's almost like, shall I? Shall I? And he's like... Go on then. And then he'll start dancing around defenders yeah. almost by accident. Which looks hilarious because of his like big lanky limbs. He's almost a bit like Peter Crouchy in his appearance, isn't he? <laughs> but um, one day he's gonna he is gonna lash one. He's gonna at least attempt one from like 40 yards, a la Ozturk, that goal he scored for hearts. But one thing we haven't talked about with Flanagan, because obviously Saturday was full of positives. That goal he nearly scored where he like chested it down and oh. volleyed it. If that went in, like Tom Flanagan scoring, I'm all for that. So Tom Flanagan trying more of them for me. I want all the bat. I just want all of our goals to be scored by the back three from now on. <laughs> we need an Aussie raker, but obviously he's the, the sort of sitting member of the back three. He's less likely to get in position, though he what does you, get up for saying, corners. What you're saying is he should shoot from the halfway line. Uh, unleash the Ozturk, <laughs> unleash him, and let him unleash one of his fierce drives, as you say, from the halfway line. <laughs> well, they, those three centre-halves, all being well, look like they will be unleashed on MK Dons at the weekend. Um, there's quite a bit of transfer chat as well from Parkinson today, as you would expect, um, with us being right in the middle of the January window. The main story this week has been um, Greg Doherty. Looks like he's coming in on loan from Rangers. Um Got to be honest, Craig, until we were linked with them, not a player I knew a lot about, but 
reports we're seeing from Shrewsbury fans, fans who we spent a portion of last season along with, have been quite positive and looks like he'll add something different to our midfield. They say he's um, box to box, quite dynamic, can pass quite well. Uh, and he can score, which he's sort of looking at potential injuries to Power or Dobson. Could fill in there quite nicely, couldn't he? I mean, I wouldn't say midfield's a priority at the minute. It is certainly an area that we have got cover in, in terms of you've got Robson coming back into the squad, although as much as he's had decent reports from his time at Grimsby, I've always thought he looks all right when he's he's coming for us in checker trade games. We don't actually know a lot about him as a first-team player, so maybe... Parkinson's a bit worried about that. Uh, Ledbetter, I mean, he, he'd come in for power if there was an injury, but unfortunately, as we've talked about a few times, his legs don't look really up to the job. So, I suppose for me, that the main area to get someone in is right back, and that gives you 09 as another option. Obviously, you've got Mumba in the under-23s. Gets played at right back a lot in the under-23s, which I don't think is necessarily useful for him. As a midfielder, you kind of want him to get minutes in that position. But a body's a body, and if you if you what you're saying is true about box to box, you'd think if Dobson picks up a knock, he comes in for him probably, doesn't he? There's no sort of like like for like really, is there? I know you were saying that like Ledbetter could come in for power, but it doesn't offer like power can get him down the pitch and Ledbetter can't. No, I think I think true. I think you're right. We do have a lot of bodies in midfield, but are they the right kind of bodies? And if this is a short-term loan deal for a player who. It's not like when we say signed Ajaria in the Championship who'd never played any first-team football. Doherty's got a, got a good amount of experience at this level, and yeah, you can say it was only Shrewsbury, but it's still playing quite well at, at the level we're at at the minute, and it's, like I say, we're not signing him permanently. I, I think it's fairly low risk for a loan deal, isn't yeah, it? I'm not, certainly not complaining about it. And just be, I mean, the way I've worded that is like, oh, you've got a priority list of positions that you want to cover. Just because we're signing a midfielder potentially before other positions doesn't mean we haven't got players lined up so I'm caveating what I've just said with that I just think like other people I'd quite like to see 0-9 get a chance in midfield by bringing in maybe a, a specialist right wing back but that said 0-9 has been very very good on that side of the pitch so we do need we do need more bodies he is a body that isn't that is certainly not a complaint what is the rules with regard to loans in this division can we have as many as we want or well there's always limits on under a certain well under a certain age isn't usually a little bit more flexible because mm. we've got obviously McNulty on loan at the moment um, well obviously pedal to Bock yeah. um, I'm trying trying to think of who else is actually on loan so, so there's, there's so, obviously openings there then isn't there that's why I was wondering it Obviously, if you bring this lad in, it doesn't necessarily stimmy options in other positions because I know a lot of people are really like anxious that we bring forwards in. And obviously, we don't really... Maybe Lafferty comes in as a like-for-like like for White. I, I'm not convinced they're exactly the same type of player, but I'm sure Lafferty could cover, yeah. which would sort of make Greg and McNulty maybe surplus to requirements. But in my opinion, there are much... The areas that we really do pressingly... We've talked about this, that we're talking about it on Monday... We need a centre back. We need two full backs probably. That's a lot of that's three three players is a lot to bring in in January. Not counting the fact we've already brought in Lafferty and seemingly gonna bring Doc Doherty in as well. So Absolutely and what you're saying about O9 was correct that yeah he doesn't deserve to come out of the team, but if he gets injured, the way that 
back three slash back five. I don't know if you want to call it three four three or or whatever. Whatever it is, yeah, it, it falls like a stack stack of dominoes if one of them, oh. especially one of the fullbacks, gets injured because we don't have a ready ready made replacement coming in for or nine or for Denver Hume. So I guess the ideal scenario would be we get a player who's a versatile fullback who can cover both sides, isn't it? Well. Yeah, that would that would obviously be the ideal scenario. And you're talking about not just a fullback. Basically, we are playing out and out wing backs, so that is a really hard thing to find. And going back to what I was saying about O'Nine doing really well in the position, you'd certainly be loath to move him from there unless you got an absolute specialist that allowed O'Nine to play in midfield. The only other option would be going back to the kind of way that Ross tried to set it up, which was with Gooch as a sort of semi wing back. But I think that would be disastrous because he's working so well as part of this front three, you certainly wouldn't want to drag him out of that. So basically, unless you have specialist cover, you are going to have to shuffle your pack in a way that's going to affect the effectiveness of this team, which is absolutely what you do not want to do right now. You don't, you don't want to disrupt this system like at all because... It's, you know, the evidence has been there in the last few games of how, like, much more cohesive we've looked on the pitch. So, fullback definitely a priority, and a centre half as well. Which Phil Parkinson did say today there's a medical scheduled for Monday. That medical was going to take place early this week, but you wouldn't name the player. But the player sustained an injury in training on Tuesday. Now, we don't know obviously who that is because he hasn't named him, but there's suspicion that it could be um, Wright, who is uh, plays for Bristol City is a centre-half, been there for quite a few years, but he's only played one game, this se- one game I believe, this season, so op- options obviously there. Australian national, who's part of their squad for the 2014 World Cup, I believe, I don't know about 2018, but, you know, someone who's played pretty consistently in the championship, I, I think he was at Preston before that, that would be a really, well, for the level, right, a really good signing on paper, wouldn't it? Actually, sounds like someone who apart from match fitness is going to be an issue would be someone you'd be thinking about putting into your first team rather than just as backup because um, I know people have there's been supposedly championship interest in Flanagan and the one thing you would hope is if a player of that calibre came in it wasn't a sign that someone like Flanagan was going to go out the door because you're absolutely right it's not just a case of needing fullbacks. we do need centre backs to basically avoid a situation where you would have to play Conor McLaughlin potentially as a third centre back now I don't think McLaughlin's necessarily been very good for us this season anyway but I think it'd be a big ask for him to use him as a centre back it's not fair on him he's not been the best as a fullback. you don't really want to be using him as a centre back so five centre backs on the books would definitely make, leave me feeling a lot more comfortable I don't know whether maybe Ethan Robson could do a job they had an absolute push you're talking about scrabbling around here if we're really desperate just he's got the height and physique for it you know yeah, yeah I mean wouldn't be any worse than Conor McLaughlin at centre-half, I suppose. Um, but like I said, Partington didn't mention who that player was. That is speculation. Um, another player we've been linked with as well, going back to the strikers, which you touched on before, Craig. Um, Partington did say there's been no sort of movement around Grig leaving at the moment, but we have been linked with um, Boyce from Burton, and there was quotes in the week saying Nigel Clough said he potentially played his last game for Burton. So... Again, that could potentially be him as well. Don't know they played on Tuesday, so probably not. Um, if Partinson's not like sort of bluffing and saying they got an injury in training on Tuesday or whatever. Um, but he would be him, Wyke and Lafferty as a three. 
the way we're playing at the minute probably does look better as pains it is to say it than Wyke McNulty and Greg and I mean pains it to say it's because just got to move on with Greg now don't we well it's interesting we've heard people talking about the interest in him from various quarters and whether he might end up even dropping a division which when you think he started last season as Wigan's main striker in the championship and could end up by obviously moving to us last January so one year later he could end up in League 2 that is astonishing when you hear other people talk about him like the D3, D4 pod lads for instance I've heard them say it was either one of the two regulars or a guest they had on saying they thought he was potentially good enough to play in the top flight well everything we've seen nowhere near but he's certainly good enough to play in League 1 in a system that benefits him and also for whatever reason he maybe just hasn't settled here there are this this isn't a player who goes from what I've just said about him starting a season in the championship for Wigan to someone who's not good enough for League 1 but it hasn't worked here and you're right I think the way Parkinson's setting the team up you could then have Lafferty as someone who could potentially play wide as one of the front three if you had an injury as well he would offer something different in that role as a bigger physical presence out wide he's also going to take time to get fit and we know White's had his injury problems so if White was to drop down injured tomorrow which you know touch what he doesn't I don't think Lafferty's going to be ready at the start so if you brought someone like Boyce in who has got good pedigree at this level um plays in a similar front three system at Burton I think if I remember rightly Aikens was it was on the left of that three for for Burton when we played them at home you'd think he's kind of ready made Um, and the other thing you've got to bear in mind in this division unless you're someone like Josh Madger who was just too good for the division players are going to have dips in form so Wyke as good as he looks right now we also know he's capable of dips in form look no further than Chris Maguire for that who like just going to mention him next you know they're not going to sustain it Gooch who was phenomenal at the start of last season dipped off after Christmas looks brilliant now let's hope he sustains that but any one of these players could pick up an injury or a drop in form you need someone to come in who can just give you another option basically and Boyce would definitely do that and like you're saying like Lafferty although Pattinson has said he's going to be in the squad this week when is he going to be ready for a start given the lack of football that he's played and you said about needing sort of five options at centre half I think it's reasonable to think we need three options up front like in that in through the middle which obviously we do currently have but it, it needs to be right like this system that we found ourselves with now it's so good it's so cohesive and it you know when it's when we're playing well sort of against Wigan we play well <laughs> I know it's just a short run of form but we can potentially sustain a run of form of playing really well but it's it's fragile isn't it like any sort of even white coming out of it makes it more difficult Gooch obviously does and the defenders it doesn't even it's not even worth like doesn't bear thinking about because it would be so tragic but we go on MK Dons um, we're going to hear a little bit from Tom Walsh now who's got a fantastic away guide as ever and then we'll be back to preview the game you've never seen anywhere like it Central Milton Keynes imagine the biggest Frankie and Benny's you've ever seen now imagine that that Frankie and Benny's has somehow morphed into an entire town and in that town is a football club run by an evil Wurzel Gummidge Yes, everybody, welcome to Milton Keynes, the weirdest place in the entire country. So get ready for boulevards, roundabouts, and weather spoons that look like car garages. 
Now, if you arrive into Milton Keynes by train, you'll notice that there is no football ground in plain sight. That's because it's a handy four miles away in the wonderful place called Bletchley. Now, if you're thirsty and you fancy yourself a nice drink in Milton Keynes, you'll have to go to the Bouvier Square where the spoons, which is, again, four miles away from anything. Apart from an all bar one and a beat one. My recommendation for those people in the know, really, is hop on the train to Bletchley and take a nice stroll to a place called Fenny Stratford, where you'll find the alehouses of The Checkers, The Swan Hotel, The Red Lion, and the excellently named The Bull and Butcher. Now, at the ground itself, well, it is massive! It's a 30,000 steeter stadium for a lower league football town team to rattle around with. I mean, who do these MK Dons people think they are? Sunderland? Uh, There's also a fan zone at the ground, which no away fans are allowed in, so thanks. And if you're stuck for something to do afterwards, you can head to Bletchley Park, where you can see where the famous World War II codebreakers were that stopped those pesky Nazis. Now, for all those 4,000 of you going down, or maybe more, maybe more will wander in on the want of a Saturday morning. Enjoy yourself in this made-up town, watching a made-up football club. Great stuff, Tom, as ever. Thank you very much for another wonderful away guide. Um, before we move on to um, previewing the game this Saturday, got a few things to plug, Craig. Um, notice your jumper there is looking a, a little bit tatty. Um, I've got a bit of a rip this morning. I don't know what happened there, but I, I, apparently I can get something... An adequate replacement, more than adequate even. You can get a fantastic replacement from From the Terraces. And do you know what they entice you into that even more, Craig? You can get 10% off using the code WMS10 at checkout. So get yourself to From the Terraces, use the code WMS10 and get 10% off your order. Um, and on top of that, mega exciting news. Wise Men say on tour again. Um, you, if you were listening to the Monday show or being across our social media, you'll have seen that before the Oxford game next month will be at Phantom Brewing Company in Redden. Now you might think, well, we're playing Oxford. I don't want to go to Redden. Don't worry. We've got you covered. Your ticket to the show includes bus travel to and from the game. And if that's not enough, you know, a brewery with all lads fans, you travel sorted and everything. They'll have a Vorks beer on as well, a specially made Vorks beer, and there'll be a Q&A with Kevin, Kevin Phillips, Greg? Kevin Phillips is going to be there taking questions, and it'll be compared by Tom White from Sky, uh, Sky Sports News, and then me, Gareth, uh, Matthew, and Richard will be there as well. Matthew's going to be on the panel along with Gareth, I'm going to be wandering around making sh- prodding you to get your questions to Super Kev and what's Richard going to be doing uh, Richard's just going to have a nice time I think just Jeal- uh, jealous of Richard yeah. to be honest he, he's got well he's drive. he's doing the driving so he does his job the day before and the day after I mean a match day he just gets to enjoy himself I hope he has a lovely time not that I hope the rest of you don't but specifically Richard well he's doing the grafters driving us down um, but yeah if you if you do want to come along it'll be a cracking afternoon to you know Oxford Oxford's ground as well like anyone who went last season or in the cup game earlier this season will know it's miles away from anything it's about five miles outside the city centre so get yourself here and bus dropping you off to and from the ground great bit of crack before some lovely beer I mean what more do you want Craig 
uh, a night out in Oxford. Well, that is what we'll be doing after, actually, because we're staying over. So that's when we're going to go in the city centre <laughs> after the game. So yeah, come to the pub with us after. I've mapped out, well, I've, I've gone very Gareth with the admin and I've kind of mapped out a good Oxford pub crawl. Oh, I like it. I went last year and stayed over with my brother-in-law and uh, his boss is uh, an Oxford fan, so... We went to some great pubs, actually. Like one of them's like one of the oldest pubs in Oxford or whatever. But loads of them have got like loads of nice character and that oh, good beer, all that kind of stuff. It's everything like, you want, want really. You know, it's like kind of like York, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, very similar. York. It's kind of where like a lot of the pubs are like Tolkien and people like that would go as well, wouldn't they? So a lot of like history and character. But go to wisemensay.co.uk, go on our Twitter or Phantom Brewing Company's uh, Twitter as well. You'll be able to find all the details on there, and we'd love to see you. At Reading before we go to Oxford, um, but more pressing matters. Uh, we're travelling to Milton Keynes this weekend, this Saturday, Craig, to a stadium which is actually quite a nice stadium, but same time shouldn't really be there, should it? Well, if it should be there, it should be for the original team that was in or remains in Milton Keynes. Don't even know what division they're in. No. Sorry, Milton Keynes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean we. I suppose we're not going to get into the politics and, and whatnot of whether they should exist, but we've played Milton Keynes this season and the real Dons, Wimbledon, this season, and beaten them both, actually. So we, were, we were struggling to remember this, which score was which, weren't yeah, we, beforehand? We were. um, but yeah. we beat Milton Keynes 2-1 at home, and it was... It was Jack Ross was still manager, but you were saying it was the same front three we're using now. Yeah, yeah. It'll have been a different system, I presume. It wasn't three at the back, was it? No, we had, um, like you were saying, we had White, Gooch and Maguire up front, but quite weird looking back at the team because 9 must have played in mid, I think played in midfield that day. So he scored that lovely goal where he chipped the keeper, and Max Power obviously scored what will probably be our goal of the season as well. Yeah, yeah, little little moment for Max Power's goal. I'm sure you agree. Ah, oh, forgot it. Well, I didn't forget it because he got a couple of pearlers, didn't he? Yeah, Sheffield yeah. United. In the cup but that one was absolutely magic like the way he wrapped his foot around it it was it was i love that when it's a right footer from the what is they facing the goal from the right so yes out swinging rather than the in swinging curler because it's so improbable that that's going to go in like it just it has a special look about it so let's hope he does two of them this weekend two of them wow even yeah even better um two a goal like after he hit the bar the other week power he's been like sitting a bit a little bit deeper recently hasn't he to sort of like cover for it's been working quite well the fact that he's sat deeper uh, i said this on the reaction pod on saturday he's kind of doing what yan and villa did for patrick van arnold just looking at Denver and being like you make those runs from deep I'll be there to cover you and or like Luke O'Neill will stay back and the defence will all sort of like move over one um, but shows that fluidity doesn't it and power adapting his game a little bit shows his leadership I suppose doesn't it yeah well I think he's he's definitely the captain isn't he oh. like he has if you watch him during games the amount he shouts and stuff yeah. now just shouting doesn't make you a captain obviously but he's obviously a, a leader he knows where people are supposed to be including himself Um I do think he's really grown into that role. He's matured as a footballer, uh, and he's... I mean, I don't know what he was like specifically before he came here, but over his time at the club, I think some people feel like he'd regressed, and I think everyone in the team regressed for a couple of months as we've discussed ad nauseum. But I think generally his game is more mature. He's, He's cutting out the Hollywood stuff. He does still like a big diagonal, but he picks and chooses it a lot better. I don't know whether Parkinson's had a... You know something to say about that in terms of initially i think he wanted him swinging it every single time but obviously as he's caught sort of grown into the manager's role 
with power as his captain it's almost like they've yeah, yeah. sort of grown together in and matured yeah. and it's been really good to see because it I still think he's one of our best players he's one of the best signings we've made certainly oh, since we've yeah, been relegated yeah, like so and like you said it is a good coming together that actually it's a really good point and you miss him when he's not in the side I think I think he's been a bit of a He's been a bit forgotten in terms of the praise of the last few games, which is a good thing, really, because there's been so many stand-up performers. You know, we've talked about Gooch, White, Maguire, Hume, whoever. But Dobson, actually, especially last weekend, Dobson was... He outshone Power because Power gives him the platform to do that, I think. But uh, that's a great partnership that's developed, and I didn't see that coming. I don't know about you. Like, I mean, because, you know, Power, you know, fairly dependable, but Dobson, for me, I'd been... In, well, I think, I think we both had, to be fair, quite... Maybe not on the podcast, but when we've just been like chatting after games or whatever being quite almost and some of it's like semi-joking as well but like quite vicious in our sort of criticism of him like but he's he's turned it around at the minute I suppose this is a lesson for all of us in terms of patience and I know Gareth was right in what he was saying on Monday about the manager and how there was an, I know it's, Gareth's never right <laughs> but you'd rather he be manager than Gareth Ainsworth oh, wouldn't yeah, you <laughs> but uh, he, you know it didn't look like Parkinson was going to turn turn anything around he didn't, he didn't just didn't look like it was going to happen but patience can be a virtue and the same is true with Dobson who is a young man he's only 21 and yeah. you, you look at what he's done and actually maybe he's just needed to adjust I mean, he's playing for a much bigger club for a start with bigger expectations it's could, a lot to take on you could easily be talking about Luke Nine this time yeah. last year who you know had that horrible debut was out of the was out of the squad never mind just the team for quite a long time and then came back in found his feet at right back I know Dobson's playing in his natural position but you know, sometimes it does take time. A young lad who's never, you know, fair enough, he was captain at Walsall, but being captain at Walsall is not the same as just starting for Sunderland, is it? Not even close. I mean, as well, he captained them to, like, no, it wasn't his fault, but they did get relegated. So, like, you know, the level's hugely different. The players, the expectation on him, he probably felt a bit like he was the main man in that team. He ain't the main man in the Sunderland team. There were a lot of big characters here as well. Um, so it's a totally different mindset that he's had to probably adopt and you know fair play to him he's, he's another one showing maturity let's hope he can keep it up and starting at MK Dons well continuing at MK Dons who quite like we know are struggling at the minute their form's quite patchy um, Russell Martin obviously took over uh, in November after Tisdale lost his job um, but I say quite patchy form at the minute won two drawn two lost two in their last six in the league which kind of shows that not there for the taking necessarily because it's not like they're getting pummeled every week but big following going down 4,000 tickets sold at the minute we should be going there and you know ruffling the hair a little bit shouldn't we they are eminently beatable. I don't know what they play like since Tisdale went. The problem Tisdale had, I think, was he was trying to get them to play play football. I yeah. hate it when people use that expression, but they were they were one of those teams a bit like South End the season before. They, they passed it about in that, but they were really soft. There was yeah, nothing, yeah, yeah. no edge to them. And the teams with edge have usually been the ones who've gotten something from us. I think in Fleetwood, even even Wickham away. Yeah, well, well Wickham last season as well, a great example. Um, I. I don't like I said, don't know what they're like now. But looking at that form, looking at their league position, they're one of the teams we usually would beat, yeah. and I would expect us to beat them. Yeah, I mean the one thing that they would probably 
counter that with um, if you're one of the 12 people who support MK Dons. They've won three out of their last four at home. We don't tend to keep clean sheets on the road as well. So, you know, maybe they're thinking there's potentially a bit of vulnerability, but I guess not with the way our defence has been looking. So... I don't know, it is, it is a bit tough to gauge when you look at it like that. The beat, one of those wins was against someone decent, wasn't it? Was it Portsmouth or someone like that? Possibly. I couldn't I say off the, top of off the top of my head. And it'll take too long to check on my phone, <laughs> so we'll not bother. But they have got a win in them against decent opposition, I know that, in recent form. However, as Mickey said, as a few of you have said, forget the league table, forget the form table. We're Sunderland, we should be going straight into that game looking to win they'll be looking at us and thinking it's Sunderland and it's Sunderland in form you've just mentioned the big backing that we're going to have down there 4,000 fans that's got to be quite intimidating for MK Dons in my Especially opinion when like they don't get a lot of people watching them at home I mean they, they could rise to the occasion we've seen that happen but to me it looks that's got the hallmarks of we should be going down there and like you say hair ruffling arrogance that's what, and we've been playing arrogantly and we suit it yeah, yeah, yeah. we suit arrogance it suits Chris Maguire and when Chris Maguire's on form the team's on form so that's what we need to approach the game with that arrogant mindset and just get, impose our game in the first 20 minutes like we've done in the last couple of games and we'll, we'll obliterate them I think that arrogance suits Charlie White as well I mean need a little bit of shout out for his uh, little post on Instagram earlier hiding under a bunch of leaves and jumping out the scare was it was it Duncan Watmore yeah it was Watmore Watmore's response was quite actually quite contained he did well I think Watmore's always like that though I bet he's always quite he's like an accountant isn't he well he's got his degree in economics but like I bet he's always quite reserved although celebrated picture him celebrate goals actually likes to go a bit mental but that's that's in the, that's on the pitch. That's that's a different Duncan Watmore. <laughs> I mean, if, if a Charlie White popped out of some dead leaves, I'd probably shit myself to be honest. So, but fair play, Duncan, for keeping your crap in your ass. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe he's just like used to his antics, like because obviously we don't see like all of the banter. Because it's obviously like him and Max Power are the, are the banter hounds in the squad now, aren't they? We saw them on uh, someone's Instagram story at the weekend when it seemed like they were in flares as well of all players like big fan of that like if they, if they turn teams over 4-0 and go out in flares as much as they like I, I watched that video a couple of times because it was so good and did you notice there was a guy in the background yeah, who was yeah. he? I wish I was him yeah oh, no, yeah. you want to be like getting in, in the entourage don't you like me and you used to joke about like being in Methven's entourage because he was the type of bloke who'd probably just like give you a job to hang about but that's what I want to be with like Power and Wyke kind of like not like they're drive X and you get, don't get like go out and get drunk with them, but just kind of like, like did you ever watch Entourage? Like Johnny Drama sort of figure. I want to, I want, I want to be some kind of assistant. Yeah. 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 It's that's the a re- official title of yes. the role, but basically, basically, I want to be Jimmy Five Bellies to Max Powers Gaza. Yes. Yeah. And very much on board. Be, I don't know Maradona, and you can be whoever Maradona's mate was some, <laughs> some very dodgy violent people who definitely own a lot of weaponry I would say a lot of Maradona's mates um, great tangent that though um, one man who as well we, we mentioned it before who would fit into their dynamic really well we would hope is Kyle Lafferty he's in the squad Craig Parkinson's confirmed it a day I, I'm, I've, I'm, I've got visions of it being quite a tight game 1-1 Laffers sort of not very last minute but like 82nd 83rd minute just pinging one in from ed, like sort of about about 12 yards the ball just like getting a Denver Hume pull back cross not even doesn't even take a touch pings it in the bottom corner those 4,000 going wild Laffers absolutely lapping it up saluting the fans <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who's seen the numerous iconic images of him saluting at various groups of supporters but anyway 
I'd love that. I mean, we all would, wouldn't we? But I do wonder whether, well, if he's in the squad, he's in the squad. He could get on the bench. Parkinson doesn't really like using his subs, does he? No, only made two against Wickham, I believe, didn't he? One of those was forced. And the other one was like 85th minute. And he brought McNulty on, which was bizarre. But like, not that we're criticising Parkinson, given the way he's got the team playing. But he does... It, it, it just doesn't doesn't really like using them. That didn't Ross do similar quite early on? I feel like in the Charlton game he didn't make a sub until very late on. Apologies if I'm getting that wrong, but I've, I've, I've just got oh, that in the back of my mind. Took 9 on it off at half time oh, in the first game. You mentioned that earlier. <laughs> I can't remember. He seemed to have a plan for his subs depending on how the game was going. Parkinson, I get the impression very early on, and I'm sure you're the same. Now he's found something that works. He will stick for as long as possible or as much as possible. I think you're more likely to say Lafferty actually if he's on the bench. If we're winning three or four nil, yeah, give come him on, some, get some minutes. That, but then again, he didn't do that with Watmore last week, and I thought he might do that with Watmore. Maybe he didn't want to risk his legs against them Wickham, well, yeah. you know, violent Wickham men. <laughs> Watmore getting like Vietnam flashbacks after what happened to him last. Well, like, well, he scored last season, but then obviously got absolutely clattered and ruled out for months, didn't he? And then Marcus being retired—that was his yeah. that last big moment in football, wasn't it? Now he's a podcast man. There's that big fight when like Honeyman got himself sent off when he was on the bench. What a weird game that looking back. Glad we could mug them off on Saturday, which kind of brings us neatly onto predictions because I predicted on the pod last week. 3-0 Matthew uh, predicted 6-0 <laughs> and with 4-0 we were you know close closer than I thought we would be actually was being quite facetious um, but for this game it's Stadium MK <laughs> as it's called um, there shouldn't be any changes to the start in 11 unless Flanagan's maybe not fully fit and there's any injuries I haven't heard about um, sitting with that same team Craig are you going for a win? yeah I reckon we'll let's say 3-1 We'll race into a lead. We do give up chances. We even gave Wickham chances at the end last week. McLaughlin was in fine form. Yes. I think you've got to give him credit as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think maybe we'll concede, like you say, our, uh, when we're away from home. We're maybe not as robust. But these aren't as good as Doncaster. And we put pay to them. Hopefully it would. But who we didn't put pay to. But I think we had the chances to. Yeah, yeah. So I think we'll bury them this time because everyone's going to be full of confidence. Yeah. Yeah, I think 3-1's a good shot. I'm going to be a little bit more conservative and stick to my... I'm going to stick my 2-1 Lafferty off the bench to get the winner. i uh, actually, for once, prefers to score fewer goals for that to happen. Yeah, that would be nice. Hanging on at the end as well and him, like, really going mental. That would be lovely. Hopefully that will be the case. Um, have a great time if you're one of the loyal Red and White Army. 4,000 strong travelling down. Uh, sing your heart out for the lads and hopefully you come back with three points. Thanks for listening.